Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Good morning, everybody. This is Howard Fox, your host of the Success Insight podcast for my co-host, Randy Ford. We hope you are having a fantastic day. Our guest today on the podcast is Sharon Holzer. She is the author of Patterns of Disorder. Now, Sharon is an education expert. She's written thousands of words about education and education reform, and she is assisting schools and families to achieve student academic success. Patterns of Disorder is her first foray into the conspiracy mystery world of fiction. So drawing from her vast experience with learning variabilities, she weaves a story of a massive conspiracy in the most unlikely of arenas. Sharon, welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. Thank you. So I've got to ask, first and foremost, how did you go from an educator and doing a lot of consulting and writing to decide, hey, I'm going to write a book? Share some information about your background and how you came to write Patterns of Disorder. Well, actually, it goes the other way around. I've written a lot longer than I've taught. I started writing all the way back in high school. It's a great way to look like you're taking notes, but you're not. And I've always been fascinated. I have always written. I wrote my first novel when I was about 20 years old, but I never thought they were good enough. And I was never interested in publishing. And then life sort of interceded with children and everything else and career. And As it does, as it does. It certainly did. What was the first book about? Are you open to sharing it? Actually, it was the foundation for this book. Okay. But the only thing that survived is the main character's name. Okay. And one of the settings in okay. the book. Otherwise... It totally changed. As things do. As things do. Yes. So let's continue on with the story. So you've always been writing and life intercedes. Yes. And one of my favorite authors is Robert Ludlam. I love the conspiracies. I love the fact you get to the end of his books and you go, wait a minute, that might be true. And you're never quite sure how much of it's fiction. And so I sort of, I guess over the years in the back of my mind was, I need to find a conspiracy that might be true. Okay. And then I decided to stick with what I know. And I came up with this premise that possibly there is an actual human agent behind the increase in ADHD in the world. Interesting. So your work as an educator, it is teaching in, in schools, working with families, working with schools. Has that focus been the ADHD realm? It Definitely has. I have a child who has ADHD. I've always felt that it was wrong, that I don't believe it's a disability of any type. I think it actually is an amazing ability. And I've always felt that the, the struggle needs to be, we should not be adapting these children to a confining system. We should be changing the system. So actually I did. I pulled him out and everything else. And I started my own school, which was functioning in a way that ADHD children could thrive. And he did. And he still is. Change the system. That's fantastic. You know, I have to share, we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago, Elizabeth Porter. She is a language expert and teaching people the art of learning new languages. And she had the same philosophy or viewpoint as you did. It's not the child that needs to adapt. It's the system. And if the system is not going to adapt, I'll create my own. So she went off and created her own school. And so you created your own school. And so what is the reasoning or 
did you just decide, you know, I wrote this novel years ago and it's time to start writing again? How did you start to pick Patterns of Disorder back up? Basically, for years, I've been thinking about the novel, the original novel I wrote. I've been wanting to bring it back. And then I got the idea, why don't I make the conspiracy something in the education field, something that I really know a lot about. And like Robert Ludlam, I picked a main character who's not a police officer or a detective or anything like that. He's an unlikely participant in the conspiracy. And so he gets pulled in and ends up getting in all these adventures. And, and that's how it came about. Excellent. So without giving the whole plot away, what kind of a conspiracy? Is it local? Is it regional? The whole government? Is it a global conspiracy? It's global. It's global and it's very long term. It's been going on for, I think, about 15 years by the time the book begins. So I have to ask you a question and you don't have to say the answer, just shake your head. So folks who are listening to this podcast in the spirit of full disclosure, I can see Sharon, she can see me. So here we go. Sharon, does the pharmaceutical industry have anything to do with this global conspiracy? Okay, interesting. So what has been the... By the way, I want to just say thank you for, for answering that because we've had a lot of guests on and occasionally the, the pharmaceutical industry does come into the, into the conversation, but that's okay. So I'm curious with the, with the book, I mean, it's a good sized book, 300 and some pages. Mm-hmm. And how did you start to plan out the book? I mean, did you take a course? Uh, I mean, you said you'd always written, you wrote the novel. Right. Did you get any kind of help uh, to write this book, some mentoring, coaching, or did you just 15 minutes a day? How did you do it? Actually, no, I never really got coaching. When I was in my senior year of high school, we were allowed to do a final major project of anything we wanted. And I decided to write a novella. And so that was sort of my first attempt to start to actually put something together that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I had a blast with it. It went way longer than it was supposed to. And of course, you have to go back. This is before typing. I was doing this by hand. And it was was supposed to be 20 to 30 pages. It ended up 60 pages. I absolutely loved it. And my teacher thought it was really not good. She suggested I give up writing as a career. So being a mule mentality, if somebody tells me to do this, I will do the opposite. So I spent years proving her wrong. That's perfect. That's perfect. I remember doing an internship once and I heard very loudly in another room, he doesn't know how to write. And I remember thinking to myself, nobody is ever going to tell me that again. Yeah. And I had the same thing. So I never even took English courses in university. I didn't do anything. I stayed away from everyone because I thought I don't want your opinion until I feel that what I'm giving you has value. So I did very quietly. The book actually started at our small little library outside of Ottawa in Canada. And we, the group, decided to do an informal NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Workshop, for the month of April, which is when they do the little camps. And we just decided, we all signed contracts that we would write 50,000 words in that month. Fantastic. And I... I decided, okay, this is it. That's 1,666 words a day. I can do this. And with the support of the group, I just wrote it. And that was the first 50,000 words of the novel. Fantastic. You know, I literally just heard 
about the National Novel Writing Month on a podcast this week. And I think that's fantastic. I mean, so many of us, the idea of sitting down to write, you know, we have the, you know, we're coming up very quickly to New Year's. We all have New Year's resolutions. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a blog. I'm going to do a podcast. And maybe we get started. Maybe we start one or two days. But then, as you said earlier, life happens. So it takes commitment. How did you keep that commitment alive for you? Is there anything in particular you did? Fortunately, I was in a time in my life, I had the time to do it. Children were out of the house. And so I had that. But it was also just, I find that for myself, if I set a goal, and particularly if somebody else knows about the goal, I have to do it. And I just felt each day, all we had to do was at the end of the day, we had to send in our word count. And I knew that if I sent in a word count that was like 10 words, I was betraying all those other people who were writing because they were working and I wasn't. So I felt absolutely motivated. The woman who ran the that particular NaNoWriMo group was amazing. She sent out daily emails. She kept us going. She had competitions. She had all sorts of things. And she just, we met weekly and she just pushed us through. And I think there were four or five of us in the group that actually hit our 5,000 or 50,000 words. Fantastic. And what advice would you give to someone who, you know, you're standing in line at the local coffee shop. I'm not going to, I know you originally, you were in Canada for a while. I was going to say Tim Hortons, (laughs) but some other coffee shop. Okay. And you start having a conversation, oh, I'm a writer, and the other person says, I always wanted to write a book. What advice would you give to somebody? Well, first of all, it takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of work. Almost anyone can start a book, but only a writer can finish a book. And that's the thing. So if you think it's something casual, it's not going to work. There's a very famous author in Canada, Margaret Lawrence. She's, She's one of the great Canadian authors. And she was at a party once and she was talking to a gentleman and she asked what he did. And he said, oh, I'm a brain surgeon. What do you do? And she said, well, I, I'm a novelist. And she, he said, well, you know, someday I'm going to write a book. And she looked at him and said, someday I'm going to do brain surgery. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm curious, what have you learned about others' thoughts about the book that you have come into contact with their friends, family, colleagues? What, is, what has been their reaction to the book? I've been just amazed at how impressed they've been. I had one friend who just, he called me up and I had known him. Actually, he was an art teacher in my school. So I knew him that way, but he didn't know. Most people didn't know I wrote. He didn't know I wrote. And he just called me up and said, I have to meet you for coffee. So I met him. And when I got there, he said, I just have to tell you face to face how amazing this book is. And that was, I just, I, to me, that was, wow. Most people who've read it have really enjoyed it. Not just the, the philosophy theoretical side, but just the way the book runs, the way it, it moves and the excitement. Because I do keep it rolling. I, I moved from Ontario to Northern Ontario to California, use locations I'm familiar with, but it, it's got a lot of action in it. Now, have you had an opportunity to do any book readings or have conversations with book groups about about the book and the, and the mystery? Just when it initially came out, the library hosted a, uh, a book signing, and so I was able to do a reading and had people come in and, and hear it. And I enjoyed that. And I do talk about the book to anybody who'll listen. So <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, we're going to do our part to get up more people to listen and learn more about the book. <laughs> Thank you. And again, for the folks already know who listen to our podcast, we're certainly going to put a backlink to 
Patterns of Disorder on our show notes, which will go directly to your book page on Amazon for you. What's next for you now that you have Patterns of Disorder? Anything new on the horizon for you? Yes, I'm actually working on my second book. It's different in that um, it's actually not an education book. This one has to do my degree is in philosophy, so it has to actually do with some of the concepts of philosophy. The basic idea that time and space are constructs of the human mind to understand our world. They don't actually exist, and therefore the premise is if they don't have an actual external existence, we can change them. It's basically how obsession can change time. Very good. Well, we look forward to hearing more about the progress and and seeing that book available as well. Sharon, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk to us on the podcast about your background and patterns of disorder. Two items. One is we have a little feature on the podcast called Insight to Go. Now, you've, you've shared some great advice for a aspiring writer, but is there anything you would like to share? Could be a tip, an organization, maybe somebody whose work that you admire that you'd like to, to share with our audience? It's not so much in the field of writing, but in the field of education. Sir Ken Robinson is amazing. His ideas, the way he looks at a lot of the ideas in Patterns of Disorder are similar to his. Not so much that I got them from him, but it was really nice when I did first hear his. Oh, wow, somebody thinks like I do. As far as writing tips, definitely join a local group. More than reading all the books, I know some writers really love to read books about writing and things like that, but I think the the thing is like if you want to climb Mount Everest you have to take the first step if you want to write you need to write all the time you just need to write it's something like any skill practice improves and you need to write so joining a local friendly writers group and most towns have them is a really good way to start that's excellent advice and and also Ken Robinson and I I think I, I recall now I've actually heard him speak twice at keynotes and he is wow. amazing. I, I'd I, love to hear him. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to meet him. Yes. So but before we sign off, I just want to make sure the best way to get to know more about you and your work, is it just the Amazon page? or in- Yeah, the, the, through the book and then my LinkedIn page. Quite a bit of my, my history is on the LinkedIn page and that's probably a good place to start. I do have a YouTube channel. I've got a couple of videos up. I'm working on some others, but uh, that's probably the best way to get to know me. Fantastic. Well, we'll provide a couple links back on the show notes to almost definitely the Amazon page, uh, most likely the LinkedIn, because that's an assured way to learn more about you and your work. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. This was a great conversation. Oh, thank you very much. I've enjoyed this very much. Thank you. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We've been chatting with Sharon Holter, the author of Patterns of Disorder. And one thing we're learning, writing, it's it's a commitment and put your mind to it. Get support, join a writing group, and just don't let anybody tell you you can't write. And it takes practice and commitment. And as Sharon said, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, you got to begin with that first step. So I think that that's for me for uh, Machu Picchu. So we'll see about that one. So folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there and have a phenomenal day. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Take care now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.